Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Scripture. You've already heard one scripture as we have received with the lighting of the Advent wreath. And so this morning, our second scripture is from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. I invite you, if you have your own Bible, to turn with me. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. Of course, the words will always be found upon the screen. But hear now these words. Surely, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, and make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we hear your word and meditate on its meaning, may we, like Isaiah, like Paul, like Mary, come to truly experience the joy of every longing heart this Advent season. Amen. And as you have heard, a passage from the letter to the Philippians from the Vaughn family, and as you've heard this passage from Isaiah, read by Pastor Adam, we have a third reading this morning, and that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. These words may be familiar. Hear them now. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. These are all the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again. I'm Pastor Corey. And as you arrived at church this morning, depending on which way you came down MLK, you may have seen, you may have noticed, we have a few Christmas decorations in front of the sanctuary beyond the uh, border of bushes near our roadside sign. And if you were able to see it, you know that of all the Advent and all the Christmas words we could have chosen, the ones that sit out for all of our community to bear witness to are what? Joy. J-O-Y. And today is the third Sunday of Advent. That's the season leading up to Christmas where we actively anticipate the coming of Jesus into the world. And each week, each candle is assigned a different word. The first week, Pastor Adam preached to us on hope. And then last week, the second week, Pastor Adam preached on peace. And this Sunday, we linger on the word, on the theme of joy. We celebrate, we experience delight even while we await the celebration that will erupt when the King of Kings arrives on Christmas morning. So as we lean into joy today, and we think about what that word means for those who follow Jesus, I want to pause and ask you to do something for me. I want you to take a moment and think about something that brings you joy. What brings you joy? Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them what brings you joy. And now I want to take just another moment and tell you that even talking about what brings us joy, brings us joy. There was laughter. I'm pretty sure there are smiles behind your mask. And that brings me joy, to hear the rumblings of that delight. What brings us joy? For me, I think the thing that comes most immediately to my mind is when uh, I think of my four-year-old Ephraim coming up to me completely unprompted and saying, I love you, mommy. I mean, oh, it's like the best thing. It's so much. It's joy. And yet, that joy doesn't last forever because as soon as he's broken eye contact with me, he's usually stacking something up in front of the sink uh, so that he can reach the faucet to do his very wet and messy experiments. So a lot of the joy we feel can be fleeting. And yet the joy that we meet today in the three passages that were read and in our Advent liturgy, that joy is it's different. It's not fleeting. It's sustaining. It is abiding joy because the joy that we celebrate this morning as a joy that comes not from our circumstances. When we look to the passages today, we discover that the joy of the prophets and of Mary and of Paul, all of the joy they allude to defies 
their circumstances. They experience joy despite the hardships and the pain they're enduring. Their joy comes from a deeper delight, a deeper truth, a deeper promise. In Isaiah, the prophet writes two and four, a people who've experienced complete dislocation from their home. The Israelites have been conquered by an outside army, and they've been forcibly removed from their physical land as well as their spiritual center in Jerusalem. There are people without a home, and Isaiah is speaking to them about a current truth and a promised future, a promise of restoration and of resurrection for the people of Israel that they will indeed return to their home once again. And yet, as they wait and pray for that return, they too are an Advent people, facing hardships and sorrows as strangers in a land that's not theirs. They still experience and cling to the assurance of their salvation, the assurance that God has and is actively saving them just as God saved them from slavery in Egypt. And the assurance of that salvation and that hope it inspires for their future, it brings the soul delight. Not a false positivity in the face of adversity, but a deeper delight. It's the deeper delight that Mary experiences in Luke's gospel, knowing the scandal that her circumstances have created, knowing the perceived foolishness of all that she's endured, an angel visit, a virgin birth, an unwed mother. If we have a hard time believing it, we're in good company because so did Joseph. Mary faces a lot of anguish and ridicule for what she's proclaimed, and yet she speaks. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Not because of her personal circumstances, but because of the assurance of who God is. God is Mary's salvation, and Mary's spirit rejoices, finds joy in God, her Savior. And that deep delight, that joy is contagious. It cannot be contained. Luke tells us the very child in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy in the very presence of Jesus. And finally, in Philippians, Paul writes to his beloved community while he sits in prison, awaiting an unknown fate. He certainly has to have so much fear, so much sorrow, just simply being alone, and yet he writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight in the Lord always. No matter what, whether in prison or free, rejoice. Find delight in the Lord. Find deep joy in the Lord. Because if our faith, if our belief, if our joy is built upon our circumstances, then we have built a castle on the sand that is too easily washed away by one overwhelming storm. But if we, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 62, if our salvation is built and secured by the rock, by the fortress that can never be shaken, then our joy 
is also secure. Despite the storms we may encounter, our joy remains. And our joy, again, is not a false positivity or a plastered smile. Our joy is a deeper assurance. Our joy is the delight we experience because we know that God is faithful. Our joy is the delight we experience because we are assured of the other three candles. Joy comes because we have hope, we have peace, we have love. And experiencing joy doesn't necessarily negate or cancel out our sorrow. Actually, joy often accompanies sorrow. I know this is something we experience when we celebrate the life of someone we love. Where sorrow and grief can overwhelm our hearts, and yet we're sustained in those moments by the joy we discover in celebrating who that person is, who that person was, and who they will continue to be in our hearts. As well as the joy we celebrate in knowing that that person's life has been made complete, and they are finally experiencing the joy of their salvation and its fullness. We experience both sorrow and joy tomorrow when we celebrate the life of our sister, Elaine Sutton, who despite the hardships she endured, the sorrow she met in her own life, she found and shared the joy of the Lord with countless people. Elaine delighted in the assurance of her salvation despite her circumstances. And her faith and her witness very much point us toward the joy that we too can experience this Advent season. The kind of joy that doesn't come from what is happening to us. Not from the most expensive gifts or the most perfect family dynamics or the most beautifully decorated Christmas tree or the most deliciously prepared Christmas dinner. It is the kind of delight that lives deep in our souls. It is the joy of every single longing heart. It's the joy that comes from the assurance that we are saved from our sins and that we can have hope and we can know peace and we can experience love despite all the brokenness and darkness that surrounds us. For me, that delight comes especially to life on Christmas Eve. When the sanctuary is completely dark, except for a single flame, the Christ candle. And then slowly, we choose to share the light with one another. Regardless of what happened before we came in those doors, and regardless of what's going to happen when we leave. In that darkness, we choose to believe. We are assured that light overcomes darkness. That light overcomes our circumstances. That delight is brighter than the darkest night. And light is our greatest hope and our greatest peace in love. And that light is Jesus. And he is joy to the world. Let us pray.
holy and gracious God. It may seem naive in a world of grief to choose joy. It may seem foolish in a world where solemnity has power to sing and dance to a different tune. It may seem cruel in a world of suffering and injustice to speak of light and celebration. But you've come, Jesus. You are coming, Jesus. To bring joy into our grief, light into our darkness, singing into our mourning, and it is an act of healing and proclamation to believe and embrace the joy you offer. Joy to the world. The Lord is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.